0: You're listening to the City Church Tallahassee podcast. For more information about City Church, please visit us online at citychurchtallahassee.com. Hey, let's go. Isn't that awesome? Love seeing that. Hey, uh, city, group, city, group, uh, city Group leaders shout out. The Shelton's and the Hills are y'all in here, leaders of that group. So y'all stand up. this week we thank y'all. Y'all stand up. City Group leaders, we're thankful for y'all and the work y'all do. How about the rest of our city group leaders stand up? All city group leaders in our church, stand up real quick so we can recognize you. Awesome, thanks for what you're doing. Here's the thing, steps towards the Lord and the scriptures were never separated from the local church. We're like one of the first societies and cultures in the history of global Christianity that had this like individualistic, just me and God time sort of faith. When it's always designed to be corporate and together and linked to god's grand design for his people which is the church so we're celebrating when we see a story like that are people who are taking faith steps towards christ in their relationship in the context of the avenue and vehicle and environment and institution that god has given us which is the local church and it's an awesome thing to see let's pray together and then we're going to jump in just for a little bit tonight and then we have some more exciting things to do. The rest of the night, as well, as sing the songs of the faith, have a Let's Go update, all the things that are happening here that we can be a part of tonight. It's good to be together. Thanks for coming back. It's like old school Baptist, coming back on Sunday night. Uh, it's, it's good to be together. Let's pray. Some of y'all like PTSD from that one. I said that, so here we go. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful for your love for us and for stories like the Andersons. There's so many stories like that in this room. I thank you for city group leaders and how they open either their homes or their time and just weekly commit Uh, to leading others and facilitating conversations and serving others and just being in community together rather than alone so thank you the local church is your grand idea we did not make this up we are participating in your design and i ask to be found faithful please keep the enemy out of this place we know the enemy hates this church in this city and does not want it to go forward but we know that your response to that is happy 16 year anniversary And we're thankful that you're ruling and reigning and working and that your hand is all over this place. We ask it remains. We are dependent people on you, not to us, to you, as the psalmist says, to you be the glory. Lord, let us be found complete and satisfied and focused on Christ. That's in his great name we pray. Amen. Psalm 75 is where I'm going to be tonight as we're almost one year into launching Let's Go. Let's Go has been happening and been going on uh, since about last October. The psalmist writes this, just three verses here we're gonna do tonight. We give thanks to you, God. Like that is our posture, a posture of thanksgiving. When we sing the songs of the faith, yes, we're giving thanks to you, God. When we pray, we're giving thanks to you, God. We take the Lord's Supper as we'll do in just a few minutes. We give thanks to you, God. Like, that is our posture. We give thanks to you for your name is near. You are with us. You are not distant. You are not foreign. Our God is near. We give thanks to you for that. People tell about your wondrous works. That's our responsibility. As a church family, we tell the works of our great God who is near. We are thankful to God. We tell the great works of our God. Hopefully, the last 16 years has been a story of us telling the greatness of our God. Yes, we love our church. Yes, we get excited about our church. Our church is not great. God is who is great. When I choose a time, I will judge fairly. This is the Lord speaking. Get serious. When the earth and all his inhabitants shake, I am the one who steadies its pillars. What a psalm. What a three verses. God, I thank you for who you are. I tell of your wondrous works. You're gonna choose a time in your sovereignty where you are gonna judge living and the dead. It's going to be just. And when the earth and all its inhabitants shake, which is figuratively happening now, the chaos all around us, God says, I'm the one. I'm the one who steadies the pillars. Three things from this psalm. There's probably a hundred things from this psalm, but three things I want to talk about tonight. The first thing is our responsibility as believers and as a church. We remember what God has done. We first do that in our salvation. The Lord's Supper is part of that expression, remembering what Christ did for us, remembering his death on the cross, remembering what he told his disciples, that this is your understanding of the Passover, that I am the lamb, I am the sacrificial lamb, the substitute who stands in your place. We remember what god has done not only in our salvation in our lives but corporately in the context of our church i think it was around our junior year of high school i mentioned it this morning at our eleven thirty 30 service at the time i think it was around there where scott simmons and i just for whatever reason I mean, now we look back and it was god's hand on this started getting invited to do events together where i would preach and he would lead the music we're like 16 years old getting asked to do those kind of things we would even do it in like adult settings sometimes it's like, why are we allowed to do this? <laughs> like, like we can barely, we almost had to ask our moms to drive us, okay? <laughs> kind, kind of thing. We had played Babe Ruth baseball together. He had moved here from Chipley with his family for his dad to take a job at the DOT, long-time DOT kind of staple, as uh, Mr. Freddie Simmons. And we played baseball together. We knew each other were Christians. We were 13, so we didn't talk a lot about it. It was just kind of, one of those things. And then in high school, we kind of reacquainted. He went to North Florida Christian. I went to Leon, which means a lot of things better about me than him, but that's another story for another time. <laughs> And as we started doing this, we're like, hey, there's there's something here. Like we're seeing a hunger in Tallahassee, seeing a need, and how, and we looked around and saw a lot of great believers and great churches in Tallahassee, but something we didn't really see, now there's like a million of them, we didn't really see at the time, was like a modern-style church that also preached the Bible. Now there were some of those. Please don't take that as arrogance, like we're the only ones who are doing this. I don't think that. There wasn't a lot at the time. So we're like, what if we had this church that Believed in the everlasting truth of the good news of the gospel, and didn't waver from it, but also believed that culture changed every day. So we don't want to remove our church from the world, but actually be in the world in Tallahassee and preach the good news of Jesus and go from there. So we grew up a little bit and became college students and stayed in touch. I went away to college; he was here in town. Stayed in touch, and then we got married—not to each other, everlasting truth, <laughs> everlasting truth—to women. But it felt like we kind of had a church marriage. It's funny, like you're, you're like your you're brothers, you know, brothers in the face. So you fight sometimes and you have great moments sometimes. I think my, my wife joked one time that Scott and I needed to go to marriage counseling. <laughs> because, we were, because we were just you know, together all the time and doing ministry together. And the reality is that I was freed up to do this full time. Scott was a full time engineer with a family. And gave every extra minute he had to making this church happen. So I look back on that and I go, wow, from Psalm 75, God, thank you for how you use someone and what you have done. Will you thank Scott just for all he did to make the church happen? And then, but then he's the guy at the full time job and we're sitting down at Jenny's lunchbox and we're talking about starting a church and I got a kid and I got a full-time job. And he's like, hey, man, you, we've talked about this your entire life. When are you going to do it? And I'm like, uh. He's like, why not now? And I'm like, I can give you a hundred reasons why not now. So I joked to him he's the one that gave all the time, but I'm the one who quit my job <laughs> I had to start a church. And, and the whole truth is a, and the story is that God has just been so faithful, so faithful. And I just wanted to give you a little bit of a story of how it started at the beginning. So we started in my parents' living room. And then from there, we went to First Christian Church on High Road because we couldn't afford to lease a place to take out to do a build out, we had zero dollars in the bank this before church planning was a thing and so no church has really helped you back then it was viewed as kind of like competition now it's like a badge of honor to plant a church back then it was like kind of frowned upon so we needed to use a church building but i used their buildings on sunday mornings and the hope was the church would kind of cut us a break so first christian church said you can use our building on sunday nights great hundred bucks a week we can do that we'll figure that out and we stayed there until Longtime friend of my former Cub League baseball coach, Robert Mayo, wrote a check for us to go to Godby High School. And I know it's cliche to say the rest is history. The rest is history. And we started that August, and 16 years later, here we are. So we look back and we say, God, we thank you for what you have done. I think of Giovanna Gomez, now Giovanna Morgan. I did her wedding probably a decade ago. She was president of Zeta. And we just started the church. We're like, Lord, now we started this. We want to see people come to faith in Christ. Like, that's what we want to do. There's churches that haven't seen somebody come to Christ in decades. But like, we want to see somebody actually trust in Jesus. So Giovanna shows up. And she's curious, has no idea of the gospel, has never heard it in her life. Florida State student. I sit down at lunch with her, with her and her boyfriend. He wanted me to meet her. He's tell me all about her. He's a Christian. She's not. I'm like, come on, bro. So we sit down and have this great conversation. I'm driving afterwards to go preach out of town. I'm like two hours away. She calls me, and I'm right up. recognize, hey, Dean, it's Giovanna from lunch. Hey, I want to talk about becoming a Christian. And I'm going, oh, my word, this is more important than anything I'm doing in Orlando, but, like, I can't turn around right now. And my mind's, like, turning, thinking those things. I have to be there, like, really soon, and I can't... And I'm like, I'm not going to leave her hanging either. So I was like, okay, I know you never met her before and don't know who she is, but I promise it won't be weird. Here's my wife's number. Call her and ask her if you can come over. And she was like, okay. She wanted to know. So she calls Chris, and Chris is like, come over and shares the gospel with her in our living room. And she became the first person ever baptized at City Church as the president of Zeta at Florida State and became our need-to-know girl. And the need-to-know video, she was the first. Ten years later, and all these years later, about 16 years later, she's still following Jesus. She's married, has kids, is a part of a local church in southwest Florida, and is still following Jesus. We're like, God, thank you for what you've done, and give us more of that. That's why church history is important to study. You can't go through seminary without taking church history classes, because when well, we learn lessons from history, but also so people can get a glimpse they can get a glimpse of how God has worked through people and churches throughout history, how revivals have started. And for us to not go, oh, wow, isn't that neat, but to go, God, do it again. Like, please do it again. And we've been asking, why not Tallahassee? Like, why can't that happen here? I was texting a friend earlier today who's kind of been in and out of our church over the years. It's really cool that now he's back with his family. And he didn't, he, in and out, like, he'd church be a party, kind of go away for a while, church be a party, those kind of things. He just kind of has a good view on the city and real involved in city stuff. And he was texting saying, Here's the deal. This church isn't just having an impact on Christianity in Tallahassee, it's having an impact on the city of Tallahassee. And our response is not, But God, give us more. It's like, we're thanking you for the works that you have done. We still have so much to learn. We still have so much to improve, so much to grow in. But we are a group of people who don't think we're great believe God's great, and at the exact same time, we love our church. We believe that the local church is God's plan A to reach the community, and we've got to keep going faithfully and asking God, please let us see more people come to faith and be discipled and join groups and meet people and have spiritual family. Lord God, please give us more. The psalmist says, we give thanks to you, God. We give thanks to you. So we continue to have that posture, hopefully, as a church of thanksgiving to God and telling of his wondrous works in our community. Second thing, verse 2, we are urgent in the now. Urgent in the now. When I choose a time, I will judge fairly. We have never pretended in this town that heaven and hell are anything but real places where real people go. They are real places where real people go. We do believe that if Jesus died for our sins and we are forgiven, it means there are people whose sins are not forgiven because they have not trusted in Christ. And that has to produce an urgency in us. See, mission isn't a slice of what we do. It's why the church was birthed. It's why, it's not a department. It's why the church was birthed. For the mission of God to go forward. It wasn't about discipleship, Yes, but you have to make disciples. And when Jesus told told his followers to go and make disciples, the first thing out of his mouth was to baptize them, which is evangelistic, as in that's where it starts. And then he said, now go teach them everything that I have commanded them. Tell them the scriptures, teach them about life with me. But where does it start? It starts with the good news. That's here in Tallahassee and it's across the globe. It's both. There has to be an urgency to go. That's why we give a lot of money to international missions. And because it lets go, that's only increasing. It's only increasing because the gospel has to get to those places. I believe the sovereignty of God over salvation, 1,000%, and at the exact same time, I believe that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Because those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. That has to be our passion, that has to be our urgency. You read about churches that are dying, sadly all over the world, you know what usually is the first thing that took place? They lost an urgency for the lost. Let that never be true of our church. Since we started Let's Go in October 2022, so less than a year, we've seen 89 people get baptized. 89 people. And these are people who have had conversations about faith. It was not some emotional swoop. These are people who have gone through the process, understood the gospel. Like in the starting point for some, if someone was a starting point where they first became believers, others it was the first time being baptized, maybe they followed Jesus for a while, 89 people making those important decisions. 89. The next generation we're serious about. Our first vision night, let's go a year ago, 10 months ago. I talked about that text from Judges that haunts me there is a generation after the ones who knew the Lord who didn't know God, who didn't know the Lord. And we said, that cannot be true in this city on our watch. It cannot be true. There has to be an urgency for the next generation. One of the biggest swings in our church, in the early days, college students walked in the door first. I think our church was like 90% college students. I was 26. Uh, I can understand now why maybe some more seasoned adults didn't give us a chance. I get frustrated back then. Now I kind of get it. Like, man, you have no life experience. You can barely rent a car. Like, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, what are you going to tell me? Like, I, I get it now. But the swing happened when people stopped walking in on a Sunday morning to visit and going, oh my gosh, there's so many college kids. I feel so old. And instead started going, wow, look at all these college kids. I want to be a part of a church like that. Then we started taking children's ministry seriously. and we started taking middle school and high school ministry seriously. Our average kids' attendance since Let's Go started is 294 kids on a Sunday. This morning, on the 16th, 16th anniversary of our church, we had the largest amount of kids ever in the history of this church. Ever. <laughs> ever. Our average high school and middle school attendance is 100 people. 100 kids. You know how hard it is to get a middle school and high school or to go to church on a Wednesday night nowadays? When it's like priority 87 in the lives of so many families, where it seems like everything is more important? They're coming. And they're coming hungry, and they're hearing the good news. They're being challenged in the scriptures. They're having mentors and group leaders who are college students. And we're hoping the foundation is being laid now, coming alongside families for a lifetime of faithfulness following Jesus, where they can point back to their own families and to this church on Wednesday nights what happened here with students. Our college ministry, which we call the Salt Company, had an average attendance of 223 people. 180 students on Tuesday during the summer. This morning, without students and without FSU open back yet, y'all, we had almost 1,800 people in this building. In Tallahassee, Florida. And we're going, God, I mean, like there has to be an urgency. I know it's more than numbers, but numbers equal people and souls, people that Jesus died for. And we got to keep saying, God, give us more, not to grow a church, but to further the great commission in our city and beyond. And guess what? That's more missionaries. That's more people to see go to the nations. That's more kids volunteers and student volunteers. Like, it's more people to go. So we're asking God to do a work. Since Let's Go started, we've seen 30 people sent on short and long-term mission trips. 30 people. We were hardly doing it beforehand. Herb and Kathy Young walked in and said, let's roll with missions. We're gonna be a part of it. We all stand up? How you brought a global passion to this church. We're so thankful for y'all as senders. In, in, In my ear, encouraging missionaries, the first time Ashlyn, one of our former staff members who's in London right now, the first time they, you went with her there to go scout out London, little did you know, we'd have a church there a year later. Just incredible things happening because you guys are senders and have a global focus, and God's using you here at this church. We're seeing people go. And the third thing is that God brings stability into the chaos by the church. Psalm 75, we need to look at it through a Christ-centered lens. And ultimately, Jesus is the one who holds the pillars of this world. He is the one in the chaos who brings the calm, who brings the peace. He's sovereign over it. And how does he carry that out to the institution that he himself is building? The one he called a city on a hill, letting its light shine. And that's the local church. And let's be real. It's the last institution really standing in terms of bringing chaos and holding the pillars in a world that is so far from God. Like, if not the church, then what? Like, it is God's plan A. That means, as a believer, this is worth my time. This is worth my life. My friend Chris posted this on his social media last week. He's in St. Louis. He said, while on vacation, he took a picture, I went to my childhood church. The once vibrant and growing church has siding falling off the paved parking lot is overgrown with weeds and i found out the average attendance is now less than 35 people and what did he write so sad is he saying a church of 35 people is insignificant in the eyes of god absolutely not absolutely not but this is a church that was once reaching people and discipling people and sending people, and now it's a church that's barely hanging on. I'm sure there's faithful people there. Maybe there'll be somebody there like an Alan Boatwright who'll reach out and say, hey, we're struggling. Y'all got it going on? Let's partner together. I don't know if you know about that, but years ago, not that long ago, but less than a decade ago, us and Forest Heights Baptist Church became together as one church. It's a huge moment in the life of our church. And it's neat to see that those original folks are still part of this church today. Serving, participating, part of it. It's incredible. I'm just well aware that every church is one generation away from dying. Now, the church in general, like the universal church, no way. Jesus says he's going to last until he returns. Then it's going to be with him forever. But individual congregations, one generation away. It's not to be an alarmist, it's just to be aware. To have an urgency. And we must understand together that it's the church that Jesus has chosen to make the pillar. To be a light shining in a dark place. So how do I respond to that? Four things come to mind real quick. One is to give to it. Our resources are mission ammunition. I would ask those of you that have made Let's Go commitments, please keep that commitment and go forward to the end. Keep that commitment and go forward to the end. Those of you that haven't made one yet, it is not too late and we need you. There's some of you who didn't do as much as you could have. I would ask you even to re-examine and reconsider a year later what else you can do. Because this institution must be here in Tallahassee. For us to keep going forward with the gospel through our local church in this community next is to prioritize it you're showing that tonight the doors are open you're here making the local church a priority in your life thank you for that next is to pray for it my old university chancellor jerry falwell senior used to tell us at chapel regularly that nothing of eternal significance happens apart from prayer That prayer is a divine means that God uses to accomplish His divine will. That our sovereign God receives and invites the prayers of His people. Please be praying for this church. Please be praying for our city. Please pray the devil stays away. Please pray for our next generation ministries, for our staff, for our elders, for our deacons, for our city group leaders. Like lift them up in prayer. And the next thing is to believe in it. It's okay to love your church. It's not like anti-kingdom to say we love our church. We think we're one church and God's big plan of many. Like and we love our church, like believe in what Jesus says about the local church, that it is his plan, that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Like believe in this thing. That it really is worth our lives. It really is worth our lives. And 16 years ago, we believed that. I'm thankful my parents opened their living room and gave me every opportunity imaginable to be successful, for lack of a better word, in my life, from paying for an expensive college to anything I ever needed. The scriptures say, what do you have that you didn't receive? And my answer to that question is nothing. Like, all is grace. All is grace. I had someone text me earlier It said, here's been the cool thing about this story. If you left tomorrow, this church would keep growing because we built a place that it's not about me. It's not about me. Sometimes I walk up to preach, preacher, and I'm like, dang, I wish it was the other guy. Where's Jake? <laughs> <laughs> Where's Zach? Where's Lance, right? We have a team. And that's a healthy church. But as a team. It's not dependent upon one guy. Now I like to be up here. And it's my job to be the lead pastor of this church, to be the main driving voice from the pulpit. I'm not the only voice. Give to it. Please keep your let's go commitments. I'm not trying to, like... Talk down to you but it's like please do that like look at your how how far you've come since you made your pledge where you're at how far you need to go and make it happen prioritize it pray for it and believe in what god wants to do here and how he wants you to be a part of it so i to pray for us then going lead us in the lord's supper and let's go does not start once we break ground on a building let's go has already been happening and we're seeing the results of it y'all we have grown As a church significantly during a vision time like it's more than a capital campaign it's more than that it's about missionaries it's about next generation it's more than that but like that's part of it and god has grown our church during it it's wild to me why because there's a vision and god's hands on this place and we need you to be a part of it as we really don't know it's cliche to say but we really hope we're just getting started generations and generations hopefully of ministry in this community until jesus comes back